Blog Talk Radio. Bound for Glory was a very mixed bag last night. And, uh, 
You know, it's it's tough, and, and I'm trying to be objective, and I tried to pull myself out of it because there were times during the pay-per-view that I was, you know, kind of disgusted, and there were times I was I was really enjoying it, and it was, uh, you know, kind of as a fan hitting the highs and hitting the lows over the course of the 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 pay-per-view event. Um, you know, to get uh, you know what I want to end the the Bound for Glory conversation on like some of the positives that that came out of Bound for Glory, so. What I will do is start off with some of the, the negatives uh, that, that really hit home for me. Uh, to me, the biggest negative and the biggest thing that I come away with with this pay-per-view and something that, that to me, really, really pulled this, this pay-per-view down in my book. Um, you know, it's like when I looked at a lot of the matches, most of them, and even the matches I wasn't thoroughly, like, really looking forward to, delivered on what I expected. Uh, I probably would grade this pay-per-view around a C-plus. If I was feeling nice, maybe I'd go to a B-minus. But what really hurt the pay-per-view for me, honestly, was the Ultimate X match, Uh, a match that we both, uh, Dave and I, talked here saying that this would be a show-stealer. It was not. Uh, you know, there's some cool spots, but it seemed uh, I, it seemed like some of the guys were kind of going through the motions uh, in the match. Um, a weird finish, you know, in a match like this where you, you kind of want to see like something really cool and athletic to end the match. Um, a weird finish with Saban using Velvet Sky um, to win the match, Velvet Sky profusely apologizing afterwards to everyone. It just was a, it was an odd finish. Now, I'm not going to say that this, you know, maybe this will wind up being a good thing as far as Chris Saban's character. Uh, we know he can go in the ring, but that match to me did not deliver uh, on what was promised. And, and to me, like when I looked at the matches that were really going to kick ass, uh, I, I looked at Angle Rude. I looked at the main event, uh, AJ and uh, Bully Ray for the championship, and I looked at the Ultimate X match. And those are the three matches that I'd like. Those matches are going to blow the water, blow you out of the water, and, and they should carry the pay-per-view. And honestly, out of the three matches, I thought Ultimate X may wind up being the best. Um, it, it was not. And not only that, it kind of it, it started off the pay-per-view. So it, it, it kind of... You kind of entered in the pay-per-view with this this air of of disappointment, um, which you know is not a good way to kick things off. So that that's that's my feelings on that match. That's uh, one of the negatives. Um, the the other matches. I mean, I, I got to be honest. Creatively speaking, I'm not so sure about how I I, I like the Bromans being the new tag champions. Um, what was that? Hashtag awful. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I got to admit, though, the match was not a bad match. But, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of those characters. Uh, we'll see, I guess, where they're going to go uh, in, in the future. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, Dave, you brought up last night. I mean, they, they come to the ring. They have uh, Phil Heath with them, uh, Mr. Olympia. So it looks like, I mean, you you'd made a comment last night that the, the Jersey Shore gimmick is, is done. I mean, it, it's it's past. The show's not on the air anymore. So it looks like maybe they're transitioning the characters into uh, 
gym rat bodybuilders, the, the, those obnoxious guys you see at the at the gym. Um, you know, it was cheesy, but I got to admit, I did chuckle when they they celebrated with protein shakes instead of champagne backstage. So that that match again, that was kind of a mixed bag. I thought it was an okay match. It wasn't incredible. It wasn't horrible. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not into those characters. So. That was, you know, a mixed bag. I thought the the also I thought the uh knockouts match was actually pretty good. Um and then we had uh interference by uh the Amazonian, the uh and I keep I keep telling you, Dave, like, I keep brain farting on her name. Late, lady awful. Another awful thing about <laughs> her. She's lady awful. She's not lady Kappa, she's lady awful. And uh, lady, let me, let me let me let me let me correct make a correction because last night I had noticed on the Facebook chat that um, I had, I had mentioned that she was the daughter of the barbarian. I believe she's the niece of the barbarian. Um, needless to say, no matter what part of family tree she's on, she still sucks. So yeah, she, just... I mean, she's huge a specimen. Specimen. I mean, it, it, you look at her; it looks like she she hit every branch on the way down that family tree. Um, and then climbed back up and did it again. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, again, it's it, perception's reality. And here's again that, that whole, like, I got to find, like, I got to look at a thesaurus and look up mixed bag because I got to find, like, different, different words to use. Uh, as far as, like, the actual storytelling, you have, you know, Lady Tapa who's not, doesn't look, like, skilled yet, definitely green, obviously huge, um, and they want to use her. So, outwardly speaking, if this all happens in a vacuum, having this match, having her come down and interfere, allying herself with Gail Kim, um, that all works. Gail Kim's great. She's a good worker. You know, you could just have uh, Lady Tapa interfere now and again. She's just, she is uh, Gail Kim's bodyguard interfering, giving her the, the title. So in a vacuum, that all works. However, perception being reality, as they were walking away from the ring, all I could think about was AJ and Tamina. And it looked like, you know, hey, they're doing that over here. Let's do this here. Now, I I don't know. I'm not in the creative meetings. I'm not there. I don't know if they're looking at things saying, let's blatantly just copy what the WWE is doing. Um but that's what popped into my head. But again, as far as the pay-per-view goes, the match was okay. Not expecting a lot out of the, the knockouts match. So, you know, again, I, I look back on that Ultimate X match that really brings the whole uh, pay-per-view down for me. Um, the other thing that really kind of brought the pay-per-view to a screeching halt, and I get what they're doing, um, but the... This should have been on an impact. The Ethan Carter the third versus Norv Furman. Uh, San Diego's own Norv Furnum. So, um, yeah, I, that match was about 326, and that was about three minutes too long. And uh, that really kind of, you know, there was, there was a lot of momentum in the pay-per-view, a, lot, a big chance for the pay-per-view to really pick up. Bobby Roode and Kurt Angle was an incredible matchup. Um, and then they threw this match in there, which which kind of brought the energy level back down. Um, 
you know, it was a match. I mean, I get what they're doing storyline-wise, and, and we'll see what they do on Impact. Um, but, Dave, you know, when you're looking at your biggest pay-per-view of the year, it's probably someone else you could have put in that spot. If, if you want to do something like this, do it on an Impact. Biggest pay-per-view of, of the year is, is not the time for Nor Furman to make his TNA debut. Let me, let me ask you something. Did, did, did we ever see Barry Horowitz at a WrestleMania? No, we didn't. And Barry Horowitz was the, the most glorified jobber next to the Brooklyn Brawler in the WWF. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, like the, I didn't like that at all. And I'll be honest with, you, with our listeners here. I did not watch last night's pay-per-view. I had, watched some, I had read some reports, and I had watched um, some, some clips on YouTube, uh, some limited clips because, you know, a lot of times pay-per-view um, doesn't, you know, uh, the companies ban their product from YouTube, like, immediately following the pay-per-view. But um, I saw some of the stuff, and, yeah, that, that's definitely better served for, uh, you know, a TV than pay-per-view. I really did not understand why they, they, they like I said last night, you got to plan with him, you know, with this guy, then make this, make his, his debut a big deal. Put him in there with somebody who's at least got credibility on the roster. You know, I would have taken him versus a Chavo Guerrero or him versus, uh, uh, you know, Eric Young. Uh, not some guy who we don't even know who's 150 pounds soaking wet with a brick in his pocket. I mean, give me a break. I just didn't, I, I didn't think that that was served properly for pay-per-view. Um, they could have done this. Hell, you didn't even have to put the debut on pay-per-view. They could have done this. Abyss, he returned last night, which was a good thing. Um, but they've been bringing his return. You know, he returned a few months ago, disappeared. He's back tonight. He was back last night. You could have done something with him and Bad Influence. Why didn't Bad, Why wasn't Bad Influence on a pay per view? That's what I'm upset about. Why weren't they? Why didn't they have a match? I, I don't get it. It's a valid question. I mean, you know, we've talked about it, and you know, a lot of the stuff you read online and other. Uh, radio shows and internet shows like ours. I mean, across the board, everyone's loving what Bad Influence is doing. And uh, you know why? Why do they not have a match on a pay per view? That that is a that is a valid valid question. Now, getting into some of the positives, that was a cool moment with them with Abyss uh, to see Abyss come back. Uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, that worked. It was short. It, you know, it worked. We hadn't seen Abyss, so I mean, that was cool. Um, you know, the Kurt Angle thing, there was, uh, you know, a lot of... Now, whether this is a, a, a work or a shoot, uh, whether they're going to use this going forward with Kurt Angle, or it was just in the moment, um, you know, we don't know whether it was all scripted, whether Kurt Angle came up with it on the fly. Um, you know, I would assume everyone knew he wasn't going to accept. Now, whether this is a storyline or genuinely what he wants to do remains to be seen, but there was... a uh, it was an interesting moment. Um, it's hard for me to say entertaining, but the, the whole Hall of Fame induction uh, and Kurt Angle turning down the Hall of Fame induction um, was good. I mean, it, it was engaging. It was uh, Kurt, whether it's storyline or, or real or uh, blurring the lines, a little bit of both. Uh, Angle did look emotional. Uh, he looked uh, genuinely affected by um, what was going on in that moment, and, and they come out of that moment and have a hell of a match uh, between him and Bobby Roode. Uh, really tremendous match. A good victory for Bobby Roode moving forward for him. 
Um, the one thing, again, where you, you want to be nitpicky, uh, the EMTs come down because Angle is supposedly injured. Um, they, they put him on the, back, the backboard. He, he pushes away having a neck brace put on him, but they put him on the backboard. And as they, they have him on the backboard and they're moving him to the stretcher, they don't fasten the straps on the backboard. Now, I, you know, I'm no doctor. I'm no EMT. But that seems like kind of, you know, paramedics 101, that if you're going to put someone on a backboard, you've got to strap them down. So it was one of those, like, again, those, those inconsistent moments where I thought the match, the match was so good. And then I'm sitting there like, why did you do that? Like, you didn't need that moment at the end. You know, and it was cool. And obviously, I guess it, they, they didn't strap him down because an angle refused medical attention and walked off on his own. And had his, you know, send off and applause and everything, but uh, I, I don't know if it was necessary. Now, if he actually really got hurt, and I'm reading into this, and it wasn't a work, you know, well, if he really got hurt, and this wasn't part of a storyline, well, then every EMT there should be fired because you don't put someone on a, a backboard and not strap them down. So maybe I'm being a little nitpicky. I'm willing to admit it. But moving backwards from that moment, uh, Rude and Angle put on a clinic. Um, it is amazing to me how Angle continues to age and continues to put on matches like this. Um, it was a very good win for Bobby Rude and where he's going to move forward in his career. And again, I'm willing to admit maybe I'm being nitpicky with the backboard. It was a very, very good match. And again, a match... If, if Ultimate X uh, really delivered on what we were all thinking, you're starting to look at a real kick-ass pay-per-view um, that really didn't make it there. But Bobby Roode and Kurt Angle, I mean, they, they put on a clinic, Dave. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. And I, I saw some clips on YouTube, and from what I saw, um, it was really good stuff. I'm interested in this, in this idea that um, he refused the Hall of Fame induction. And I'm starting to wonder um, where this could be going. I think it's one of those, I don't know if I have it anymore, in me anymore, or is it one of those, you know, he's going to retire soon. I mean, he just re-signed a deal not, I want to say, a little over a year ago, like a, like a two-year extension maybe, where he was active in the ring for another couple of years. So I don't know maybe if, maybe if this is a, a year-long build to, to start for a retirement match for Kurt Angle, whereas, you know, he feels like he's let his fans down, he's let his family down, you know, or maybe they're bringing up some of his personal stuff that's going to tie into this, this storyline. And maybe, maybe they're, maybe they're going to uh, expose, you know, a lot of his history with his injuries and that his body just may be broken down and he doesn't have it anymore, you know, over time. I don't know where they're going with it, but I find it very interesting. That's the one thing that when I read the reports and I watched some of the clips, you know, this, despite the, the, the good match between him and Rude and the, the, the good match between AJ and Bully, I read this and I was like, okay, this is interesting because this is something that, you know, nobody saw coming. That, that was kind of out of left field. Maybe they're going to expose the – the the, uh, the 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 DUI story that, that that happened with him in real life and why he had to step away, and that's why he has explained that he has let his family and friends down. Who knows? All I know is that 
it's it's the most interesting thing coming out of that pay-per-view for me um, as a fan because it gives uh, new life to Kurt Angle and uh, something something a little different because who's who's gonna not accept a Hall of Fame induction? I mean that 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 that's that's pretty bold, and I think from a, if it's a storyline, and which I'm pretty sure it is, um, that uh, I think it'd be I think it's a good start to get them into the the rest of this year, and then maybe moving forward into next year. I agree. I mean, I, I, I it does definitely um, you know perk my curiosity and where exactly they're going to go with this, and uh, if they're going to go anywhere. I mean, is is this something that you know, Angle decided because of, of his problems behind the scenes, and uh, it's legit, and it's not going to be a storyline. It was just something that happened in the moment. Or is this something they're going to they're going to use over time? Um, you know, is this going to be a redemption story uh, with with Kurt Angle? Uh, it was you know coming out of a you know going into his match and just a great match. So it was very intriguing exactly where they're going to go. Uh, with with this storyline, but he, he's just an amazing talent, and uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what comes out of him on on Impact. Uh, moving forward in the card, I mean, Magnus and Sting. Uh, you know, we kind of we hit it last night, and it kind of wound up being uh, pretty much what we talked about. The match was eh, uh, but there was some good storytelling. Um, you know, and in the end, uh, Magnus comes out victorious, and uh, you know, it was. You know, dismissive with Sting at the end, uh, as far as the handshake. Uh, so I mean, there definitely looks like they're moving Magnus in the direction of being a heel. So I like the storytelling in the match. Uh, there, there were some moments between the two of them. Uh, you know, moments where you know uh, Magnus was using some some of the some of Sting's repertoire. Uh, so there, there were some cool moments in the match, but I, I didn't think the match was great. But, it, you know, again, there's good storytelling, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at Magnus as being uh, perhaps the next big thing. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to go out. I, I hate that speculation on who's the next face of the company and blah, blah, blah. I mean, who knows? The wrestling business is so fluid, and things are always changing. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but I do think that there, he's earmarked to have uh, some substantial storylines moving forward. Um, you know, who knows with where the storyline could have gone. Uh, you know, maybe Magnus said this match could have been better if uh, Kurt Angle didn't have his problems, and maybe Magnus uh, works Kurt Angle at Bound for Glory. Um, you know, who knows what, what would have happened or should have happened or could have happened last night. But uh, it was it was an okay match, um, and looking for more things uh, coming out for Magnus, and who knows where, you know, we got Kurt Angle's career, in turmoil, uh, who knows where Samoa Joe is going to go now, being unsuccessful in his Ultimate X match. Um, Sting and Magnus, the tension there. So lots of problems being set up right here uh, in the main event, Mafia. So we'll see Thursday where it's going to go with them. Uh, I do think, again, the championship match delivered. I thought the championship match was very good. Um, I wasn't crazy about the Dixie Carter uh, yelling at Hebner not to count. I thought it was unnecessary, and it was more of Dixie like not being needed on screen, but for whatever reason being put there. But I'm going to be honest. It didn't take a lot away from the match for me. Uh, in the moment, I was like, that's unnecessary. Stop. Um, but when, when it was all said and done, 
it was a really good matchup. Uh, I thought they, they they play well off each other. Uh, some of the chops that Bully was, was laying down on AJ, and AJ was just taking it, was unbelievable. AJ's chest, all sorts of bruised. And, uh, you know, at one point in the match, Dave, I honestly, you know, I've watched enough wrestling, and they're, you know, it's tough to see things that you haven't seen before. I kind of jumped a little bit off the couch. I thought AJ Styles killed himself when uh, he went through that table. Yeah, I watched the video clip. He went ahead first. Um, the last time, you know, I looked and I was like, oh, my, you know, after reading, you know, I, I saw this video after reading the report, and granted he got up and finished the match, but last time I last time I, I, I had questioned something like that, was when uh, Undertaker took that dive onto Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25, and he went head first. It was, you know, a big old swan dive. So I could see where you would jump out of your chair for something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you know, AJ's just, he's so talented, and he's just so good in the ring. Um, you know, interesting spot before the matchup. Uh, we don't see who Bully Ray is talking to, uh, but... He makes comments that we pulled the wool over their eyes again. Uh, nobody, like nobody thought you you would trust me again. Wow, they thought you were dead. And there's another. It looked like he was speaking to three people, but we never saw who those three people were. Um, you know, you had uh, Bischoff come down with the hammer. You had Knox come down. Um, again, <laughs> again, mixed bag. Uh, I don't know if the interference was needed, um, but, you know, it happened. It didn't detract a lot from the match. I still thought the match was very successful. Um, I, I thought it did what it had to do. Uh, we're definitely seeing, if not the beginning of the end, the middle or the end of the end uh, for aces and eights. Uh, who knows who those people were in the back, but when Bully Ray signaled for someone Someone, for the love of God, come down and help him. Uh, There's no one to be found. So, uh, again, stuff that they're they're setting up, uh, you know, going forward, looking at Thursday night, what exactly is going to happen. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I think a lot of things that we saw um, set up Thursday night well. Um, you know, I am curious going into Thursday how they're going to continue to facilitate Saban's character, uh, what we're going to see out of Gail Kim's new uh, alliance with uh, Lady uh, Lady Awful. Um, I'm curious, very curious uh, what what we're going to hear at Angle and what we're going to hear out of uh, the main event Mafia as a whole. And, uh, you know, they're floating the AJ Styles contract. Where is that going? What direction are going to well, go with that? And well, where is well, the going? So... Let me speak on that for a minute because I was just reading this. WrestlingNewsSource.com has reported that the story is a possible spoiler, but the rumor is is that AJ is going to come out on Impact and address his future, but he is going to do similar to what WWE did with CM Punk and walk out of the company as the champion, and there's a, a strong possibility he might take some actual bookings in Japan as the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. So that's the rumor I'm hearing as far as he goes right now to really play up this whole contract um, in limbo status with him and TNA. And interesting, you know, it, it, 
we'll see like how that goes because I think a lot of us, you know, again, perceptions, reality. Are they copying the WWE? Um, you know, if they do this storyline, hopefully they do it better because I, I do think a lot of us, including this wrestling fan, kind of wanted to see CM Punk uh, away from TV for a little while longer to see how long they could stretch out this storyline um, and really, really uh, see how long you can address a storyline, a facilitate a storyline online. Um, so it would be interesting to see. I'd, I'd be intrigued. Um, it does come off a little bit as, as a copy, but we'll see. But, you know, it, it sounds like it could be really cool uh, seeing AJ in different promotions with the TNA world title. I just, the big question I, I ask is as much as I, I'm, I'm excited, I guess, and curious going into Impact, what we're going to see on Impact, what the fallout is going to be on Impact, uh, a lot of question marks. But when you're talking about your pay-per-view of the year, does your is it a success if you're using your pay-per-view of the year to set up your TV the following week? Um, I mean, I don't know. the The thing with the thing with wrestling and pay-per-view and TV, you know, wrestling is now rating ratings driven, and more people watch the TV shows than the pay-per-views. And I think that's because the pay-per-views have become too expensive to order. Granted, TNA only does four live pay-per-views a year. With with the competition doing 12, 13 pay-per-views, you know, you, three in six weeks is a lot of money. And TNA has not been known to draw anything more than 20,000 buy rates for their pay-per-views. When they've had 12 pay-per-views and when they've had now four. So wrestling nowadays is more or less, it's it's driven TV. You don't build TV to pay-per-views. And I find that to be, as a fan, as an old school wrestling fan, I'm not really thrilled with it, but that's just the nature of the beast and the landscape and the world of wrestling. Agreed, so may, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm overthinking, maybe Bound for Glory was a success. Maybe they have set up their, their following year of, of programming um, in, in a good way. I, I mean, I do find myself as a fan kind of looking forward to impact as far as, you know, where these question marks are going to go. Um, but as a fan as well, I have a, a lukewarm response coming out of the pay-per-view. So uh, hashtag mixed, ba- mixed bag uh, as far as TNA goes. But we shall see uh, what we have going forward as far as impact goes. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We have a jam packed phone line. So we got Monday Night Raw coming up tonight. We had a little Bound for Glory conversation after the news break. Of course, we're going to hit your calls. Whatever you guys want to talk about, bring it. And we want you guys to bring it. You got you got opinions. You got things you want to talk about. No slacking tonight. You bring it hard. But right now, it is time for our fifty fifty news break. The Day Five Report. Take it away, Dave. Thank you, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report only heard here at the Ken Reedy Show. Our first story, coming off of last night's Bound for Glory pay-per-view, word going around at last night's pay-per-view is that TNA sold approximately 3,000 tickets before the walk-up sales last night. Those in attendance say the company moved people to fill seats in camera view and carefully produced camera shots showing a full audience so on TV, it would not come across as a near-empty arena. 
Speaking of Bound for Glory, Ring of Honor's Veda Scott received a trial match before the pay-per-view last night. She wrestled pro wrestling gorillas Candice LeRae. This was LeRae's second tryout as she wrestled a dark match in Ohio Valley Wrestling, TNA's developmental territory, not too long ago. Extreme Rising announced last week that they will be making their return to live action following the cancellation of the WrestleMania 29 weekend shows on December 28, 2013, excuse me, at the old ECW Arena in South Philadelphia. The promotion inked a deal with a local television station to premiere their weekly broadcast TV show beginning on January 1, 2014. The show will reach homes in Philadelphia, Bucks County, South Jersey, and Northern Delaware. Confirmed for the December 28th Philadelphia show is former ECW original Sabu. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 12 noon at ExtremeRising.com. WWE's Twitter accounts are indicating that Dolph Ziggler will have some stand-up comedy shows in the near future. Ziggler made his stand-up debut back in June in Los Angeles. It appears Ziggler has been working with television writer Lauren Greenberg on his new adventure in the world of stand-up comedy. And our fifth and final story this week, some rather breaking news earlier today. According to former WCW and TNA star Conan, WWE Divas champion AJ Lee is dating one of the top superstars in the company, that guy being one CM Punk. Conan stated on the Major League Wrestling podcast that Punk and Lita are no longer dating Lita, Amy Dumas, former valet of the Hardy Boys, despite rumors of Lita being pregnant with Punk's child. Conan's sources inside the company stated that since Punk has become a big star, he's gained a big head and become conceited, something Punk hated from one John Cena when Punk was lower on the totem pole of the WWE. This statement from Conan was sparked from a picture on Twitter of rumors of Punk and AJ being together when they were spotted sitting together at a Cubs game during the middle of the summer. Wrestling on Fire fans, every Friday night, 11 p.m., Me TV. the host of this show, Ken Reedy, calls all the action with Ray Ray Mars every Friday night, Wrestling on Fire, Me TV, 11 p.m., tune in and check it out. All the crazy shit that goes on on the gun shows, El Rotundo Genioso, Bob Arian, Steve Off. You hear it from me all the time, but you got to check it out for yourself. Season 9 of The Gun Show. Go to YouTube slash The Gun Show Web TV. And Ken's Cars and Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Berlin, Connecticut. The one spot in the 860 area code where you can buy, sell, trade, and any sports memorabilia. Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, NHL. From cards, jerseys, commemorative plaques, and more. But the bread and butter of this joint is Ken's famous wrestling room. Anything and everything professional wrestling. Action figures, shirts, DVDs, autographs, and so much more. He's got anything wrestling you can get your hands on. WWE, TNA, WCW, ECW, and so much more. For more information, go like Ken's Cards and Collectibles on Facebook. And there you have it, my friends. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show every Monday night. Ken. Back to you. Good stuff. Good news happening in the world of professional wrestling. we got a bunch of people who have been very patient on hold, so we're going to go right out to the calls. You want to talk Raw? You want to talk uh, Hell in a Cell coming up next week? You want to talk Bound for Glory that happened last night? we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so just bring it, and we'll start off. As always, we got Tony on the line, 
How you doing tonight, Tony? Ah, not too bad. How you guys doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us tonight? Oh, so yeah, I did see Bound for Glory. I I didn't think it was that bad actually. I you know yeah, sure there were a few uh, spots here and there that were kind of yeah you know, that did have me groaning. Dixie Carter. I'm kind of curious. Uh, what did what did you think of the uh, Ultimate X match? I kind of thought it was underwhelming too, actually, because it was just like the you know what I didn't the other thing I, what I didn't get about that is. Since when, is that, when the hell can they use a ladder to get the damn belt? Because you have yeah, to climb the damn structure. Exactly what, what the rules are, where, what uh, the, the constitution is as far as like what you can and can't use. Yeah, but I, I thought that too, that it was kind of weird. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was just weird. And I guess, you know, it's one of those things that the gap between the, the buildup and what the, the match actually was, was, was a big fall off for me. And, and and like I said, I, I kind of, when I look at the pay-per-view and I, and I look at grading it and I go like C-plus-ish uh, is where I'm going, I, I really look at that match really being the match that could have made the pay-per-view uh, a B-plus to an A. Uh, if that match delivered on what everyone was expecting and you had that match kick ass, you had Bobby Roode and Angle, and you had the main event deliver, then you're looking at a really, really solid pay-per-view. Um, but, but that match, I just thought they would, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It was, it was kind of underwhelming. It was, yeah, you know, because it was kind of like, you know, like, I think there were too many, too many guys in there. You know, it was like, you have five guys, and it was like, they were all getting their spots in, and it was, you know, it was, it was a typical, you know, one of those multi-man clusterfucks. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like... Um, you know, like I say, it, it well, definitely wasn't as good as it could have been. Kurt Angle, Bobby Roode, I think was was the that that was classic. I think I you know that was a really awesome match. I love that you know every uh, you know they, they surprisingly kind of stole the show there for me. For me anyway, I, I thought they had a great uh, great match. You know the uh, the, the um, ankle slam or Olympic slam off the top rope out of the crazy spot, and then uh, you know I don't know what you know, like. To be like with Kurt Angle is, I don't know what they're going to do with him now. But you know, I mean, the whole thing about him turning the Hall of Fame down or whatever—I mean, that—that that has to be part of the. I mean, if, if it, my theory is kind of like you know, it's like if it's on TV, you know, usually it's 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 part of the show. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a legit shoot or anything. But it's, you know, it's, I hope they don't bring his rehabbing and everything and make a storyline out of it because that'll just be like okay, yeah, it's you know, because we've we've seen you know like real life issues have been brought into storylines before and they usually. <laughs> Don't really click, so you know. I hopefully won't be going down that route, you know, because this is. And then uh, you had. I was thinking Magnus was our, you know, I I didn't think it was that bad a match. Um, you know, I I was kind of surprised that they had Magnus win. I thought they'd have him lose and then go, you know, and then like, you know, turn heel and then go, you know, just like, be like, oh man, I still haven't got it or whatever, whatever it is they were doing. Which that that turn, I don't know, that whole thing kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, I thought they had a good match, even though, you know, and. Uh, the main event was, you know, the main event was good too, except for the whole, you know, Dixie, Dixie thing. You know, it's like, and she was, I, and I thought, oh my god, is they're gonna make her a part of another freaking screw job? But yeah, thankfully that didn't happen last night. So I don't know what's yeah, gonna happen on Impact. The, the Dixie thing didn't take too much away from the match for me. I didn't like it either. I, I, I think it could have had just as. You know, as big an impact. I, you know, I get it. I get it. You, you were gonna have Dixie there in some way shape or form but you know you you could have had her like i don't know sitting in a skybox and and just looking really pissed off after aj wins or 
or even standing, just standing on the apron at the end of the match and just being, you know, upset that, that AJ won. I mean, you didn't have to, the, the spot was just weird. It was just, it, I, I don't know, just like yelling at the ref, like, don't you count that three count? And, and then like, so what happens now, like going forward, like, are we going to see Hefner get fired on Thursday? Because eventually he did count the three count. So it, it was kind of a weird spot. Um, but again, I don't think it, it, it didn't take too much away from the match. Cause I thought those two guys really delivered as well. I agree with you. I think Angle and, and Rude were probably the match of the night, but, uh, Styles and Bully Ray definitely put on a good match. They did, yeah, yeah, like that. Because the match was good, but it's like it was like throughout the like throughout the whole match, you know, I was still like you know like the whole you know backstage bit with uh, Bully and uh, when he was supposedly talking to the other guy to supposedly the other guys that were there, I was like, okay, you know, it's like I was just waiting for the shenanigans galore to start. But thanks, you know, they, I'm glad it didn't happen. You know, cause, but it was just like, you know. It's, I don't know what the, the you know that whole segment with Billy Ray backstage was 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 about, but uh, you know I guess Ace is an Ace, just you know ditch it, it's, you know it's dead in the water. But uh, you know, main event was good, but you know like you know, like, you know no one you know like no no other Aces and Ace guys returned or whatever came out, so it kind of made that backstage segment uh, making that segment uh, entirely pointless. <laughs> Yeah, but again, but maybe it's, you know, not pointless, kind of what we were talking about before, that they're looking at this more setting up their TV as opposed to, you know, really making sure that the pay-per-view is good. Like I, I'm curious about that now. I mean, I'm intrigued to watch Impact on Thursday to see if those guys in the back are revealed, who they may happen to be. Um, you know, oh, we pulled the wool over their eyes again. Um, so it's... It, it sets up. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going into Impact that uh, I, I'm kind of curious about. So, you know, I, I, could it be? Could I be being too critical? And, and maybe they did a good job because I'm, I'm looking forward to Impact. But I'm curious, coming out of the pay per view, I mean, if you were going to give it a grade, what do you give it? I'd give it a somewhere like a B, like a B B minus. There you go. Sorry, so, you know, I guess it, it wasn't horrible, but. Uh, you know, it could have been better. I, you know, again, we could go back to that Ultimate X match. match uh, wish they just delivered on, on that match. But uh, Tony got a lot of guys on hold, so we're going to go and grab them. Thank you, as always, for the call. We'll be back uh, next Monday, again, at 6.30. So hope to hear from you then. And everyone remember, go over to thekenreedyshow.com. Tony, the best blogger in the business, blogging on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact each and every week. Tony, thanks for the call. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, yeah. Take it easy, man. Yeah. That's Tony. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there's that that old, uh, you know, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. Uh, you know, interesting talking about this pay-per-view. We're going to keep going with the, the phones again. Monday night, you want to talk WWE, you want to talk BFG, whatever you want. But we got, we got Pat on the line. Pat, are you there? Hey, boys. Long time no talk. How are you? Doing all right. How are you doing? Good, man. Let me tell you, I'm already feeling clean and refreshed from the voice of good pro wrestling talk. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, Believe me, man. I love it. I love it, guys. Hey, uh, I got a question for you guys tonight. Everybody in the world takes a dump 
and name your brand. It doesn't matter, WWE, TNA, whatever. On management, on writers, on, uh, you know, everyone else but the talent. And to load my question up here a little bit, I'll use Terry Taylor as an example. I don't believe the guy ever wanted to be the Red Rooster, but he took it, did a really good job with it. I've seen him in great matches with Mr. Perfect. He pulled it off, and his reward was he still has worked for the WWE on and off through all these years and in the business because he did business and did the best he could with what he was given. And that is what these guys are here to do. Now, I'm going to take Austin Aries because a lot of people are saying that that match was underwhelming in the Ultimate X, and I agree, it was uh, uh, underwhelming, and Jeff Hardy as well. I never hear any shows across the board or Internet or anything after they killed Dixie and Hogan on it, ever stop to say, you know, Hardy and Aries have been given the ball in two companies, and in Aries' case, never put 5,000 seats in any arena in America, ever. You know, Ring of Honor's champ and TNA's champ. Yet, the guy's really good and entertaining. So, here's my question to you. Is it that the guy, when given the ball, is doing everything he can, and the fan base is what it is in the post-WCW era, and then we should just cater to that base and live with it? Or is this guy, maybe the reason why he's not working for Vince, guys like him just do not have the talent, and that's why the fans don't come to see Austin Aries? Or is he dogging it? It's got to be one of the three, and I don't know anymore, because I'm enjoying TNA, and the world doesn't seem to be enjoying it, but I never hear the owners put on the boys now. What is your opinion on that? I, I mean, I, I think, you know, we try, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, number one on the show, like, we, we try not to really specify. I mean, people, you know, it became fashionable to to really shit on Hogan and Dixie and whatever. I To me, like, you never know who's really making the decisions creatively, so... I, I don't like to specify on who I'm criticizing. I'll, I'll say that creative is dropping the ball or where is this character going. I, I don't really like to specify on one particular person because you, you don't really know. Uh, you right. know, perception was that, that Hogan had a big hand in things, but who knows that, who the guy was that eventually had the final say on certain storylines. Um I agree with you to a certain extent, and, I, and I, we're critical of guys, and I would agree with you. I, I uh, you know, I'd probably have to watch the Ultimate X match again. Um, the guy that did stick out for me that, that really looked like he was dogging it was, was Jeff Hardy. Um, and I've actually been praising him as of late because I, I thought recently, and you know, post his um, issues, uh, that he was – it's some of the best uh, I've ever seen out of Jeff Hardy. I, I thought he's looked incredible. And, you know, this is a case of guys having sour grapes and being put in the uh, X division, so they didn't deliver. Um, I don't know, but I, I do think it's fair that, you know, if you're going to criticize and or praise, uh, you criticize you criticize all sides or, or you praise all sides. And uh, I do agree with you. I think that, you know, the, the creative and everyone in charge of creative, put together a match that I think across the board any wrestling fan was excited about. Um, they, they set it up well. It was a match that I, I think if you, I mean, you referenced, uh, you know, other 
wrestling talk shows, and I would bet every fan, every wrestling talk show, every blogger, anyone who has an opinion on wrestling was going into Bound for Glory thinking that the X Division match, the Ultimate X match, was going to steal the show. And you got a credit creative because they got you excited. They put all these guys in. They they set up an all-star match. They they marketed it as an all-star match. Um, the guys didn't deliver in that match. So sometimes you you criticize creative. Sometimes you create you criticize uh, the workers. I mean, it's just uh, and sometimes you you praise everyone. What do you think, Dave? I mean, it's a case in, in TMA's case. You know, Pat, you make some great points about Aries, and I love I love watching Austin Aries. I think he's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a bright spot on TNA. Um, but in 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 this case, regarding him, it's not him as far as his in ring work and his promos go. I think it's the way that 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 storylines are are being built, and I think that's got to do with the people behind the curtain. I mean, he has. He has good matches. You don't hear people telling him that he sucks and he needs to get out of the ring. And you certainly don't hear them saying that when he's on the microphone talking and cutting a promo. So it can't be him. I mean, there's only so much that those guys can do. They're given a hand that they're dealt with. I mean, we can go back in, in, in history and look at, for instance, let's let's talk about when, when they booked at WrestleMania 20, when they booked Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. And we all right. knew as wrestling, we all knew as wrestling fans, that wasn't going to be a, a, a five-star wrestling classic, but you expected somewhat of a, a, a train wreck in a good way between the two, a real smash mouth, hard hitting match. And for the first seven or eight minutes of the match, it was all rest hold. And of course they're in New York city, it's Madison square garden. And they totally crapped all over it. And nobody expected that. And I, and, and, in that case, you could say that that was the wrestlers, that, that 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 was the talent's fault in that case, that they didn't produce because the build-up to that match was pretty solid and pretty good considering what else was on that card. It, it stood out, and it was a dream match amongst wrestling fans. But in TMA's case, I would have to say that it's, it's management's fault. And I, I truly believe this. I've, I've read this in multiple interviews. I think this has a lot to do with marketing and advertising. There are people out there that don't know that there's a wrestling company, another wrestling company on TV. You know, you, you can ask Rob Van Dam. You can ask Kevin Nash. You can ask Conan. They've, uh, they've all said that they've, that they've been stopped at airports before, and people will say to them, hey, what have you guys been up to since you left? Um, hello, you don't watch Spike TV every Thursday night at 9 o'clock? I mean, there's... If the talent's got to tell you, as a fan, where to go find them, then something's not something not something not being done right on management's part. And the That's thing amazing is, to me. I'm I mean, sorry. it's a good point that maybe I mean, Pat, you bring up, do you blame the talent or do you blame creative? Um, you know, maybe there's a third party to blame, and you blame whoever's in charge of of publicity and and getting the word out. Can I let me ask you this? Because you kind of alluded. To this, and it kind of comes to my second quick question. You know, if Hardy did dog it last night, let's just play the devil's advocate and say he did a little bit, right? Right and Angle and AJ and Bully had such great matches to carry the pay-per-view and really make you forget that in a way. But it seems to me that Hardy dogging it sort of took their work and his dogging in a way brought the pay-per-view down to like a B or C, whoever you are grading out there, and the hard work of the guys on top, it's almost like they have to work doubly hard for the respect. And I wonder, when did that, in your estimation? Because 
when we look back, like let's take WrestleMania as a as a, a can you imagine WrestleMania today with the with the wrestling media, so to say? It was all about the main event and maybe, you know, Andre and, and Stud at the time. And then, you know, Tito Santana versus Mr. X wasn't supposed to be anything besides just that, you know. But they would kill that today. I would, do you attribute that Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match as the start of killing the undercard, which is nothing more than, you know, like the croutons on the salad of the, of the entire dinner? It's just amazing to me the power, such as if Hardy did dog it, brings down the hard work of the rest of the people, and, and TNA takes a hit for it. I don't see how they can get around that. People want them to put out 10 Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage matches on every pay-per-view in a way. And if you have 10 of those matches, then all 10 aren't special. I don't understand this day and age thinking. I wonder where you attribute that starting. Dave, you want to take this? Oh. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't go back to when that started, but I mean, there's, there's, it, when you go back and and you, you, uh, you see, you know, you take for instance WrestleManias, and then now nowadays wrestling, there's a, there's obviously a, a big difference between TNA and the WWE, but right. there's there's time limits on these, as you know, there's time limits on these matches, and there's only so much that guys can do in the ring, and I mean. You you could you could watch a dozen interviews with guys who were on that WrestleMania 25 card, and most of those guys, you know, will, would, so all those guys would say Sean and Taker stole it. But the guys they had to follow, like John Cena and Edge and Big Show and Triple H and Randy Orton, they were all pretty ticked off because Michaels and Taker stole it so good that you couldn't do anything after that. Nothing was going to get that crowd to pop even harder. And sometimes it's in, at least from where I from what I've heard in the WWE. They try to make sure that some guys don't outdo others because they want those guys to steal the show, i.e. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Um, so as far as that kind of stuff in TNA, I don't, I've never heard of anything like that where they'd say, hey, don't do this because so-and-so is going to do that in this match or don't overdo it so that you take away this guy's spotlight. But, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if Hardy dogged it, but then again, you know, there's five guys in there. Hardy's never been in a match like that. So, and I, and I said it on last night's show, it was something pretty special that he was going to be a part of this match, and it's sad that it didn't come out the way that a lot of people expected it to, considering his style of wrestling with his daredevil, his daredevil tactics. So, it could be a bad day at the office. Five guys in there. A lot of them don't have a whole lot of experience with each other in this kind of a match. Um, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they didn't. Maybe they weren't afforded enough time, and they didn't get to do what they wanted to do and build the story they wanted to build it to. I don't know, but it's, I, I can't go back and remember when somebody dogged a match. But it's 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 common knowledge that it's happened in the wrestling business before. I mean, well, like you said. Let's play devil's advocate here and, and hope that uh, Hardy didn't dog it so that these guys had to work ten times harder at the end to make the pay-per-view at least a, a B-minus or a C-plus. Funny thing was, I love the way the saving characters play now. So if it was designed to do that, and ironically, it worked. <laughs> the saving yeah, I, guess, I mean, I think, though, the problem is that there, there are certain matches that, you know, are, are really, you know, kind of tone setters. And as much it's not so much... Just an undercard match. I mean, it's funny to me, you know, that match had such a, a lead-in and, you know, the way it was built up. 
Now, you know, to me, like, if you just, if you didn't have that match at all, if you pull that match out of uh, the pay-per-view and then you have a steady build with the matches on there, I, I think it all automatically bumps up the feel you get out of the pay-per-view. But when that match was, like, opening Bound for Glory, and I was like, all right, yeah, we're going to, like, they're going to blow us out of the water to start this pay-per-view. Like, this is awesome. And then the match kind of left me feeling a little flat. I was like, eh. And then it's so it's like you, you start off with this feeling of disappointment, and then it's, you know, where do you go from here? So I, I think that's kind of where it's not necessarily critiquing the undercard as, as per se, it's just when there's a match in the undercard that kind of gives you this, this high expectation, when that leaves you flat, it can really affect your feel coming out of the pay-per-view. All right, boys. I'll run. I, I, thanks for taking my call. I love the show. And uh, everyone listening, play uh, the pick four. Play 1640. Maybe that number will finally pay off. I'll <laughs> <laughs> talk to you soon. And we're going to stick with the phone calls. we got people being very patient on hold. So we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, Ken? How you doing, Dave? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Ken, last night uh, I was listening to your show, and you had a call on from an 860 number. And the person, co- the person couldn't get through. Well, that was me. That's the new number for the top, for the, that's the, the separate number for the top rope report show. And we're trying to get all the kinks out, and the phone wasn't working. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Son of so, Gotta get this Yeah, on um oh by the way, first of all, on behalf of the Top Rope Report, we'd like to wish your dad a very happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, and uh sec- last night I mentioned I heard you guys talking about uh Hogan Andre and uh you know, the tragedy with Owen Hart. The the sad part about it was I just happened to be like up in the Bob Euchre seats at the Kemper Arena when Owen had his tragedy at that pay-per-view. Wait, you, and, you were there? I was at the Kemper Arena when that happened, yeah. And the sad part about it was, I mean, everybody, everything just stopped. I mean, you know, a buddy of mine sends me a text message, and he's like, dude, my pay-per-view just went off. He's like, what's going on over there? Did they, they lose power or what? And I just told him, I said, I don't know. I said, yeah, I, I didn't tell him nothing. It's just like, you know, I don't know what's going on. They well, had heard you both in 1999? Yeah. I heard you guys mention that last night, and I tried to get through to talk about it, but uh, other than that, Dave, let me get your opinion on something. This this thing with uh, the Big Show, do you see uh, a possible Triple H Big Show match coming up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what what they're building to. It's probably going to, from what I've heard, it probably might happen at Survivor Series. Um, The the rumor was is that Big Show was supposed to, um, you know, the reason why he's been getting in the building lately is because of um, Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon's going to come back and counteract this Stephanie Triple H uh, union of sorts, and Big Show will be rehired, and he'll have a match with Triple H at Survivor Series. Um, this is what's been building since SummerSlam. So, um, yeah, I can see Big Show Triple H one time at Survivor Series. Yeah, that would be kind because of, I was thinking about that the other day, so I wanted to see how that was going to play out because, you know I mean, like I said, he got knocked out, and I guess, um, what's his name, got knocked out the other night too, uh, Brad Maddox. But, yeah, I was thinking, it's like, you know, I wonder if they're going to have, because I said, well, if they're probably going to have a match, and I'm saying, well, is it going to be at Hell in a Cell, or is it going to be at Survivor Series, or is it going to be maybe something for uh, WrestleMania 30, or, but I don't see it going, you know, that far down the road. You know, Survivor Series is definitely a good uh, 
a good spot for that match. And yeah, um, go ahead. No, 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 I was just I was agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah, and do you see uh, John Cena defeating Del Rio? It wouldn't surprise me. It would I mean, he came back me. quick. It would it would not surprise me in the least bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope this isn't. I hope that his return is not because they feel that with Daniel Bryan on top, this isn't working in the short term with the ratings. I, I really hope that this isn't a. a a move like, oh, you got to come back, John. you got to save us again. The ratings are down. I really hope that's not the case. Um, but I kind of like that he's been thrown into this with Del Rio a little bit, kind of reignite the feud that they had a couple years ago, um, and maybe add a little bit more prestige back to that world heavyweight title because a lot of people look at that as the B title, as the, the you know, the, the not important world championship. So I uh, – I, I I mean it's interesting. I kind of like it, but then again, I kind of don't. Um, but I just hope it's not you know a lot of John Cena on TV because um, you know he's had his run at the top, and I, I I've been liking what they've been doing with Daniel Bryan and the authority and the storyline that goes on with them. Um, but it would not surprise me in the least bit if Cena wins the title. I, I, what I'm hoping for is that if he does win the title, maybe they unify that and the WWE Championship, and you have one world champion. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. And uh, I just think that uh, you know this thing with like I don't know who's going to be next in line for Goldust and Cody. Do you see maybe uh, Shield going back after it, or do you see a feud between the Shield and the Wyatts? Uh, well, I think the Shield and the Wyatts will happen eventually. I just don't know when. But from what I'm hearing, I've heard that they that Cody and Goldust weren't originally supposed to win the tag team titles last week, and they were supposed to save that for the pay-per-view. Um, now I'm hearing it's supposed to be Cody and Goldust defending against the Shield and the Usos. That might be announced tonight for this Sunday's Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. Oh, okay, cool, cool. All right, well, guys, have a great night. Ken, like I said, happy birthday to your dad. May he have many more. And uh, we'll catch you guys later on. We're going to be checking on Raw pretty soon, so uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for the call. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, interesting stuff, and thank you, Mr. Trivia, for transitioning us out of uh, Bound for Glory into uh, Monday Night Raw. I mean, great point, Dave, and you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I I would love... If, you know, this leads to a unification bout at WrestleMania, I would love to see one WWE champion. Um, I, I, would, I think that would be great. I mean, the guys I'd like to see, especially being 30, would be Orton versus Cena. Um, you know, two guys that I think are synonymous with this uh, era of wrestling. Um, if not that, maybe a Cena versus Daniel Bryan. And, uh, you know, it's the passing of the torch kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see Cena win. This leads to a unification bout. But uh, I agree with what you're saying, Dave. I mean, I, I think it would be, you know, I want Cena back. I think it's good. Um, one thing also, though, with Cena coming back, I mean, maybe, you know, it adds a little bit, uh, a little bit of drama to SmackDown. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind necessarily uh, Cena taking more of a uh, – pivotal role on on SmackDown TV, and maybe uh, you leave Raw with uh, the newbies and what they've been doing as of late. Um, You know, I I do agree with you. I'd like to see Cena um, in a different role, so to speak. So it'd be interesting to see how they use him. But uh, 
I think there's a real good possibility Cena walks out with the World Heavyweight Championship come uh, the pay-per-view. We're going to stick with the phones. we got Mike who's been on the line for a little bit. Let's pull him up. Mike, are you there? Go around the back. I think he's in the house. I see him from here. Go around the back. I think I see him eating right there through the, through the window. I'm, I'm looking straight at him. Hello? Really? Hello? Am I on the air? You are now. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I got him. I see him. All right, what's going on, guys? Not much. How are you? Is everything okay there? Right, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to you guys talking to Mr. Trivia, and I was listening to you guys talk to Pat, and Pat was bringing up the Red Rooster, and I, I like this. I like what I see. <laughs> I like what I heard from Pat talking about the Red Rooster. Who, who's breaking into your house, Mike? Well, <laughs> well, no one's breaking into anybody's house. I have. I'm out, actually, I'm, out, right now. I'm on. I'm on location right now from somebody's outside of somebody's house. I can't say because it'll be breaking the code. But I'm outside on location right now, and I have the the enemy spotted, and he's in his house. And uh, okay, go, go get him now. And I, I think I think we're all right. I think we're okay. But you anyway, play a flashlight? What happened? What are you playing? Flashlight tag? What's going on? Well, there's a buddy of yours. There's a buddy of yours right now that we have his house totally surrounded because lately he's been giving me a bunch of garbage, and I put Who's together a, I put together a good uh, makeshift group from the uh, from, from the, the attitude. From my attitude of destruction, gang members I have now, it's, we, we are the uh, AOD attitude of destruction. Well, me and my partner, um, me and my You're partner, Mr. Trivia, but, but I, I, have, um, I have a gang now I put together, and tonight, uh, just now, I like was all born, born, like, after school, like, we're, we're, we're a gang? Like, just something that, like, it's like an after school activity or something that you, you do? Well, anyway, we're going after the the enemy. We spotted him in the house, and uh, right after I get off the phone with you guys, we're gonna go get gonna, we're gonna go get him. So, and then we're all gonna right. have a nice chat with your, your boy. Bundle up. It's cold out. All right, and don't get crazy. <laughs> Dave, you're talking about an after school special. Let me tell you something. After school special, brother. It ain't gonna. It ain't gonna. Uh, what do you call it? it? Ain't gonna be pretty tonight when we get through with your boy. And maybe we'll smack the other boy around that's in the house too. Your other two buddies there, and then finally maybe I'll get that other guy that's been hiding, General Rosso, whatever his name is. I, I just. I, I. You need to start your own YouTube channel because I think this is stuff that we all need to see. I. Wow, the, Mike Mike. Ferrara, the Mike Ferrara show is, is coming soon because I, I, I am just, I've been getting a lot of requests for, the, for, the, for this material. But, uh, I mean, if yeah, I, Piper wants to be on your show, right? Well, you know something? You know something that's very funny that you mentioned, Rowdy Piper, because I, I spoke to Pipes this week, and Pipes, Pipes and I, like oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Everybody okay. knows that I know Rowdy Piper, but anyway, Pipes yeah. and I spoke. And I told him I would not go on his show. You know, I'm loyal to Hulk Hogan, so I, I, I would never do that to Hogan. But um, you guys had something interesting this week on your forum. You were talking about, you know, the moments in wrestling. And I tell you, Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan, when the Mega Powers split up, 
that was one of the biggest impacts on wrestling because Macho Man lied to the people and told everyone that Hogan was jealous of the Macho Man. And look what happened to Macho. Hulkamania got it. Hulkamania won that match. So who was jealous? You know, so that's where the power lies right there. And there was a lot of Hulk Hogan moments um, in my in my in my uh, Facebook, um, and I just think that Hogan Slam and Andre was very big for the business. As much as uh, as much as Hogan losing to The Rock at WrestleMania 18 was was very much to the business. You know, so that's what I think. So so Dave and and Ken, you guys are great when you come up with these things for Facebook. You got to come up with some more because it's it's great. Seeing the people's responses, a lot of them were saying fully falling off the cage. Okay, but you know what? To me, Shawn Michaels beating Brett was big a big moment as well. Hey, I mean, there's a lot of them, and you know, we talked a lot about it on last night's show. I mean, you know, it's tough to to judge, like, you know, which is, is the the most, you know, which is, I mean, that's why that's what's great about wrestling is that you know you never. Everyone sees things differently. It's it's you know what era you uh you know you grew up in, but uh, you're right. I mean, we did talk a lot last night about Hulk Hogan that he had um a lot. He was it was all over the place as far as people's lists and uh, iconic moments. So um you know yeah, I mean to me Hulk Hogan is uh, the most iconic figure in wrestling history. But uh. I was going to say, if you ask Mick Foley what his iconic moment would be, I bet you'd probably say seeing Don Morocco and Jimmy Snooker hook it up in the cage. Um, but that's that's another thing. You were talking about Monday Night Raw. Yeah, let's get to Monday Night Raw. I'm ready for Monday Night Raw. I tell you one thing. Tonight, I just hope Brie Bella doesn't wrestle because she's wrestling AJ. But you know what? Brie Bella lately has been very flat. I watched her in a match on SmackDown, and she was wrestling Natalia, and she just looked so flat. Like, when she went to go do a, a, a what do you call it, a headlock takeover, just just didn't do it for me. You're, you're I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, being that I'm a wrestling guy, and, you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but they, she messed up a lot of spots. And in the business, we call it spots. But anyway... Well, you know that, Dave. You're, you're you're the man. You know that. You know this stuff. But Dave, what's your opinion on Prepella? I, I mean, I don't see. I mean, she's gotten a little better. I'll say that. I I think it only helps her to to associate her with Daniel Bryan on television because he's the most popular guy in the company. Um, in ring, but it's hard for at least for me to look at the two girls. The Bellas, especially the one that's you know, Nikki that's dating John Cena, as like babyface characters because they are—they're not on that Total Divas show. They were—they were the heels, and it doesn't. And then you put them on TV now, and you expect, you expect people to have sympathy for them. Um, I think it's going to take a little more time for people to um, have some sympathy for them. Well, you know, I'm just saying from what I. From what I've seen, um, I, I from what I've been watching lately on, on this, um, I see that she has a match against AJ for the belt. I don't see her winning. I see AJ keeping the the belt. Um, as far as you guys are talking about unification, 
I don't think it works because people want to see the WWE and the world champion. You know, they want to, you know, WWE also wants that because that's another match that they could be having. So I don't think they would split up the two. It didn't work when they did it with the Intercontinental Champion and the Champion at that time. So I don't think it would, would work too well. But that's my opinion. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't want to see it because the world title means a lot and the heavyweight title means a lot. Gee, be, being that my favorite wrestler won it so many times, <laughs> Triple that's H for everybody I'm, for it. I'm curious what people think. Is I, I personally like to see a unification bout, but uh, Mike's saying no. Well, you, also, you also like TNA, but that's another story, my, my friend Ken. But anyway, I heard it's your dad's birthday. Happy birthday to your dad. Um, and, uh, Dave, you'd be cool as always, man. You're the man. I tell you, I want to be Dave Rosenbluth. Um, but any, but anyway, I, I just love being Mike Ferrara. All right, guys, we're moving in. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go get them. I got to go. Mike, I see yeah, some dogs up ahead. Oh, you too. You too. See you later, Dave. Take it <laughs> easy, man. Well, I, I, I can't tell if like Mike is, is, Playing Call of Duty or actually breaking and entering? Yeah, I want I want his, I want his doctor so I can get his get his list of prescriptions <laughs> he takes. Seriously, he's on some fun stuff. If he he's got all the time in the world to do all this and like he he must have a great life. Like honestly, <laughs> what is, he really does. Like I see I, I notice his activity on Facebook. He tries to get a lot of wrestling discussions. He's a very passionate wrestling fan. He works at the Dollar Tree or some store like that. I don't know if he's at, no, I'm sorry, he's not at the tree anymore. He works somewhere else. And he, you know, and now he's got, you know, he's got time to go break into somebody's house or play flashlight tag with somebody. Like, uh, his gang, he's got a gang now. Apparently he's formed a gang. I don't know if he, like, acquired these people on Craigslist or something, but he's, he's got a great life. I want his life. I can't wait till like, we're called in as character witnesses. <laughs> Believe me, I'll have a lot to say. It's like I, just... call, I mean, only on this show can we pull up a phone call and hear, go around the back, around the back. Yeah. Anyway, like, let's, let's try and get, get back on the rails here. Uh, so, big Monday Night Raw tonight. Great moment last night. Uh, you know, we talk about the world of professional wrestling, you know, and, and fans and us as fans want to see something different. Uh, we see the change of the Tag Team Championships, the Rhodes Dynasty, winning the tag titles, and Tag Team Championship, main event, big pop, new faces, and the tag belts are over. It was a great moment for Monday Night Raw. Really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do going forward with these two. Yeah, it's um, it was it was a, it was a fun main event. It was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, I mean, I thought I thought I would have saw it on pay per view, but. It also, the, the Tag Team Championship, people complain about how the, the titles don't mean anything. You're main eventing the Tag Team titles on a Monday Night Raw, so there's got to have some meaning to it. And you're putting it in the hands of a, uh, of a of, you know, Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, who is a seasoned veteran, as well as, uh, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes, who's, you know, been around the block a little bit, but is moving his way up the ladder. The storyline with them and the authority and the shield have been great. There was a there was a, a great payoff. I wouldn't say it was as good. I wouldn't say that the ending was as good as their match at the Battleground pay-per-view, but it was a damn fine match for TV, and it was definitely entertaining. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, 
I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with these two. I think eventually they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have a run with the belt for a little bit. They'll go through a few teams, but eventually you're gonna see that split between the two of them, and it's gonna lead to Cody and Goldust, brother versus brother at WrestleMania. Yeah, and personally, I gotta hand it to Goldust. I mean, his uh, the way he looks in the ring right now, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, his uh, physical prowess. He's kept himself in good shape. Uh, He'll know Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, uh, know that he is, he's been through a lot. Um, he's, he's had to battle his demons, um, but it looks like he's come out better on the other side. Very impressed with uh, what he's looked like in the ring. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what these two are going to do. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll see them uh, feud a bit with the Shield. Uh, but lots of, uh, lots of things going on in the WWE. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Tonight, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit, uh, you know, Del Rio versus Cena coming up. Do we see John Cena tonight on Monday Night Raw? Uh, it's possible. I mean, Raw's going to be loaded up. We're going to see Shawn Michaels tonight. Um, Triple H, will, Stephanie will be on, of course. There's a contract signing with Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Um, but do we see Cena on Raw? It would be... I mean, they've been promoting that he's going to return at Hell in the Cell two, in two weeks. Um, so a surprise, would it be cool? Yeah, maybe it would. But if you're going to promote that he's returning at the pay-per-view, you want all eyes on the pay-per-view. To, if, if that's your, your main sell, your big plug, to have his, his return at the pay-per-view, that's what people are going to want to buy it for. Because if they, if they watch tonight and you planned on ordering the pay-per-view and he shows up, it's like, well, okay, why waste 50 bucks on his big return when he just returned tonight for five minutes of talking or, or, or a running during a match? You know what I mean? So I, I think I think there's a good chance we won't see him on tonight, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was a surprise appearance by John Cena. That's right, definitely a, a loaded show. And, you know, getting back to what we're talking about, I mean, I would love to this for this to lead to a unification match. And, uh, you know, you got an opinion. Uh, Mike always had an opinion. You got an opinion. Go over to Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Right now we got it up there on the Facebook. Yes or no, would you like to see a unification match between the WWE Championship and World Championship? Got a couple people that are already posting. Pat Crowley put yes. Um, then Pat Crowley, being sarcastic, he said Nah, let's just let the Red Sox and the Cardinals be champ. LOL. So, get what he's saying there. Uh, Bob Scott put, at this point, it has to happen. No more brand separation. No need for two titles. So, right now, uh, it's a clean sweep as far as the people who'd like to see a unification bout. Um, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of belts. To me, you, you rework the, the whole company. Uh, I know you have, like, the world championship. has kind of become what the... The um, Intercontinental Championship was years ago, but you can always try and build that championship back up, unify the, the two major belts. So uh, if done correctly, I, personally, I'd love to see it. So uh, who knows? Maybe they're moving in that direction with John Cena. But as we move forward into this Monday Night Raw, the last Raw before the pay-per-view, lots of matches being set up at the pay-per-view. Uh, we got a contract signing to look forward to tonight, and that is always in the grand tradition of pro wrestling. Contract signings never go the way they should. Uh, lots of enemies being involved in this uh, contract signing. The, the Helmsley, Triple H, and 
and Stephanie and, and Orton and, and Daniel Bryan. Very, very volatile situation uh, heading into this Hell in a Cell uh, matchup. So I'm, I'm looking for, as, as Dave, you, you like to quote, and we'll quote Dusty, a lot, a lot of plunder tonight. It's a possibility, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, you forgot to mention we will see Shawn Michaels appearing at this contract signing. And since Shawn Michaels has been back on TV, um, hyping up his role as a special guest referee, he hasn't had any interaction with his best friend, Triple H. So I have a feeling we're going to see something between the two of them tonight that could impact Sunday's match. And Michaels is has a history of not being the greatest referee in the WWE when he has refereed matches. The last time he refereed a match was, in fact, Hell in a Cell, the end of an era match in Miami at Sun Life Stadium, and Miami's going to be the host to this Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, so it's kind of ironic that Michaels will return to refereeing a match in the same kind of match in the same city that he did the last time. Of course, his history with Daniel Bryan, he trained him. He's got some history with Triple H. Um, there's going to be a lot of outside factors that, that might factor into this match, but I think a lot of what takes place tonight and then going into Sunday, I think it's going to eventually get you to certain points of WrestleMania. Um, I think Shawn Michaels will have some involvement in WrestleMania. I'm not going to say that he's, he's been that he's going to return in, in a match, but it's always possible with him and Triple H. The rumors have been going around for a couple of years now. Um, there, there's a possibility they might do Daniel Bryan and Triple H at WrestleMania. That's you know that's the guy who screwed him out of the title the first time. So the the, the eventual climb to the top could mean Daniel Bryan beats Triple H. Who knows? But um, it should be interesting. I just hope that Michaels and Triple H's interaction in tonight's contract signing, if it takes, does not overshadow between you know Orton and Daniel Bryan, who are going to be the competitors in the match. And I hope that Michaels doesn't overshadow in the match itself and, he, and, and his involvement is used properly. His involvement will be entertaining. It will help the match, but I just hope it's not overdone. As much as I love Shawn Michaels, I think sometimes when they've gotten him over-involved in a storyline and he is technically retired, per the stipulation with The Undertaker, that it kind of disappoints people and upsets people that he's not come, you know, he's not going to come back for a match. I mean, last year Brock Lesnar broke his arm. He was off TV for months. He came back and he stood in Triple H's corner at WrestleMania this past year. He didn't really do much in the match except he super kicked Paul Heyman and he, and he ate an F5. But people who are Shawn Michaels fans would, probably would have wanted to have seen him come back and maybe have a match with Lesnar. So I just hope that there's not too much interaction where people are going to get their hopes up thinking, oh, Shawn Michaels could come back, and then he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, you're, you're, I mean, Michaels, you know, being there, as, as much as, you know, you got a guy like that, he's a legend, and, and it could help. You know, there's a lot of storylines that, you know, swirling with, with Shawn Michaels. But in essence, he's unnecessary. Uh, there's been enough going on between... Uh, Orton and Daniel Bryan and Triple H and Stephanie and everything surrounding the title that that Michaels is unnecessary. So yeah, it's a good point. You know, hopefully he's used properly and he's used to to enhance it, but not too much. I think personally, I mean, all the rumors and and you wonder if down the road they are going to set up that Triple H Shawn Michaels matchup at WrestleMania. Um, 
if they're going to put him more in the spotlight or give him more say, that's something they can do after the fact. You know, he can he can do something in the match that uh, Triple H deems not being good for business. Um, so you can have that heated interaction after the fact. You can have uh, Michaels, perhaps, like we talked about earlier, if you see Big Show and Triple H get it on at Survivor Series, perhaps Michaels has, has some influence on that match leading forward. But he's not needed for this match. So hoping that he's more of an enhancement and helps uh, this match uh, going into it. I mean, as we set up further, as we look at the contract signing tonight, uh, we look at what perhaps will happen tonight. But I'm thinking, you know, fingers crossed, I'm thinking, uh, you know, this pretty much should be the blow-off match between the two of them. And hopefully, God willing, we finally get a definitive WWE champion. Yeah, I think we will. Um, I'm just curious what path that they go between the two of them. I mean, you're going to have one guy as a champion and one guy not. I'm thinking Randy Orton is going to leave the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view with the WWE Championship, and he's going to continue to have his run as the face of Triple H's version of the WWE. But where do you put Daniel Bryan? I think if that scenario plays out that Orton wins and Bryan loses, I think Something in Sunday's match is going to cause you know is is going to cause Brian to lose, and that's what Brian's going to be focused on from here on out. Who steps in as a new challenger for Randy Orton? Well, it's maybe it's maybe it is John Cena. Maybe Cena loses, but he steps in and goes after Orton. They have history with each other, and it's been a long time since the two of them have had had a rivalry for years. Something what's old is new again, I guess. But then again. I, I kind of don't want to see Cena all over that just yet. Maybe you have him working with some other guys, different guys. Maybe they stick him with Del Rio. I've heard rumors they might do Big Show, Daniel Bryan, and Randy Orton after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Who knows? That's a possibility, too. Maybe they maybe they push this Big Show, Triple H match further back and put Big Show in, in the title picture. I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities that can go with it. Ray Mysterio's been gone for a while. Maybe they bring him back at some point, have him have a run with Randy Orton. They've had some pretty good matches together. They, they could do a lot of different things. We still don't even know what the outcome of the match is going to be at the end of the day. So, um, But I don't think the two of them are going to be in a feud after Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, it, it's tough because you, you wonder what direction they're going to go. And I, I think right now, in the the repackaging of of Randy Orton as this number one uh, you know top heel and uh, you know the new regime's guy, uh, I think it makes sense for him to come out of Hell in the Cell with the championship. Uh, maybe pull Daniel Bryan away from the title for a little bit. Uh, you know, when I look at the both of them, uh, you know Daniel Bryan is so over right now. Uh, you know, again he'll have his time. Uh, I think Randy Orton kind of needs it. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But the big contract signing tonight. And, uh, you know, other things going into Hell in a Cell. What do we see tonight uh, to facilitate or continue to facilitate uh, CM Punk versus Ryback and Paul Heyman? Um, again, like when we're looking at the Hell in a Cell, I think we're looking at a lot of feuds that could be coming to an end. Uh, I think at least for the time being, this is the last chapter in this CM Punk-Ryback uh, feud. I would have to agree. I've heard that. I've heard rumors that there's 
on WWE's part, concern over CM Punk's health, uh, some some knee injuries, uh, a back injury that's been nagging him for quite a while. I've heard stories that he came back too soon um, at the Payback pay-per-view. He was supposed to be going to at least SummerSlam. However, from what I'm hearing, there's a chance that after Hell in the Cell, Punk might be off TV for quite a while, possibly going into the new year, and so that he is rested and, and ready for WrestleMania season because they've got big plans for him. I've heard the rumor that they might do him and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. And then I've heard another rumor, and I'm not going to toot our own horn, but toot, toot, because I think we said it here first um, that I, I think that we were that we said we would like to see CM Punk and Daniel Bryan main event WrestleMania 30. Well, I've heard some rumors lately that there's been talk that Daniel Bryan could win the Royal Rumble and CM Punk could be the WWE champion at some point and that the two of them could meet at WrestleMania. Um, so they, they definitely have big plans in place for CM Punk. So maybe him taking some time off to heal up, rest up, and get ready for WrestleMania season would be the best fit for him but does that mean he loses or wins but see i think that's what what you do there is the best case scenario with you looking at these two guys if they got plans for ryback uh tonight and then the pay-per-view I, I, to me i have ryback destroy punk have him destroyed it, it you know you need to continue to help build ryback so have ryback get to put a notch in his belt that he, he put cm punk down cm punk is is out uh, I think that can only help Ryback. And, again, it's something that CM Punk can survive. So lots of interesting stuff going into this Monday Night Raw, the last Raw before the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and it is about to begin. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Great show. All the calls you brought a lot of great stuff. Remember, no show on Sunday. We'll be back next Monday, 630, giving you the Raw pregame. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you for tuning in. Take care, everybody. Enjoy the roll!